You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Lin. This is the show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and selling your home to live and to sell. Welcome back to season 11. This is episode 10. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. Before we get started today, I do want to tell you that I will be doing a free training on interior photography for the first week of November. In our Facebook group, the Home Staging Show Facebook group, so come and join us because I know you must have so many questions about how to photograph your own staging projects for your portfolio, but also for your behind the scene, you know, for your Instagram stories and all that good stuff. And I am obsessed with photography, so I would love to help you to improve your photography skills so that you can up level and get lots of like on Instagram and book lots of home staging projects. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the schedule for the first week of November. So on Monday, I'm going to talk about what cameras to use to shoot your portfolio photos. On Tuesday, I'm going to talk about photography basics, and on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about photography angles and photo types. And on Thursday, I'm going to talk about composition when it comes to shooting your home staging portfolio. I'm also going to do a full hour of free training on Friday with a live Q and A as well. So be sure you sign up on our website at stagemore.com/photo. I'm also going to post this information in our podcast Facebook group, the Home Staging Show group. If you're not yet a member, just search for the Home Staging Show on Facebook and you can join the group. So I'm really excited! I cannot wait to see you. It's also an opportunity for me to gauge and understand what are some of the difficulties you're running into your home staging business right now. The reason why I want to go over photography right now is because we're moving towards a slower season. So it's a really good opportunity for you to actually、uh, start refining and practicing your photography skills and also up level your staging skills overall. So I think it's going to be a really good time for you to really learn the compositions and what makes a photograph attractive for people to click on your social media and then click on your website and start checking out your portfolio. Yeah, so let's work on those magical client attraction stuff this winter. So definitely join us first week of November for that. So I'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes. So just go ahead, go to stagemore.com/podcast to look for our latest show notes. So on our questions today, we have a question from our listener, and she's asking, "Thank you. I'm so desperate to actually know about changing my business model from renting furniture for vacant staging to owning it all, meaning the warehouse furniture, etc., etc." While the return on investment on my rental furniture is very low because of cost of movers, insurance, storage, all that falls onto the rental company. How much overhead will I actually need to switch? It seems like it's a huge investment. I don't know how to do the numbers to see if it makes that much sense for me. I'm so appreciative of all your podcasts and your time and incredible value that you give away. Thank you so very very much, and for all your courage that you keep giving to all your listeners. Thank you, thank you in advance for any guidance. The overhead seems crazy, but the return is better. Is there a formula to consider before you switch? Do I need to do ten houses a month to make it work? It just seems so huge, and I just assume people m- must have massive capital to do this business model. Can anyone start, or should I stay with small returns because the rental company covers a big ticket item like rent, insurance, labor, etc.? So I think this is an excellent question. It's also something everybody thinks about: whether should I carry inventory or not when starting out my home staging business. 
And I think personally, it's really actually a personal choice because depending on the business model that you actually like to perform in, there's just so many different choices that comes with that. So for me, early on, I thought I'm going to start with Occupy Staging. I'm just going to use the homeowner stuff and all I want to do is do consultation. I don't want to actually buy any furniture for the inventory because I don't want to get into warehousing and all that stuff. But then all the jobs I got were vacant. And I tried renting and I didn't really like it. That wasn't my preferred way of working. So what I did instead is I start buying my own inventory. But the thing is I didn't get into debt when I was buying my inventory. What I did is I asked for a deposit from the client. And once I booked a job, got the deposit, then I go shopping. And then whatever that the deposit doesn't cover, I put it on my credit card and I make sure I pay it off on time. I think when you're making this decision of changing your business model or not, you really need to look at this from every single angle because all of them are interconnected. So first of all, does it really bring you happiness to carry your own inventory? You can try it and then see if it really works out for you because you don't know until you tried it. That's the other thing. And then you can look at the profit margin as well. So what are some of the difference in profit margin when you are renting versus when you're carrying your own inventory. The other thing too is when you're carrying your inventory in the beginning, you are gonna spend more money and you're not gonna see the investment until it's gone out a few times and then come back. So those are kind of things that you need to consider and then try for a period of time. I also want you to take a deep breath and then just start breaking things down. There's a lot of things we need to unpack here. I would recommend to start writing down all the expenses, all the stuff you need for every single project. And even if you're not thinking about changing your business model, I still really recommend you to do that because it's good to know and to figure out all the costs that go into running your individual projects. When you know those things, it's much easier to review them periodically and say, okay, I can see that our labor costs is, is starting to move up. The fuel costs is starting to move up. So maybe we need to think about adjusting our pricing or what are some of the ways that we can cut down some of these expenses. So I think in general, it's a really good idea to aggressively document every single expense that you have per job and also for your overhead as well, because you're going to have fixed monthly overhead. For example, your rent is going to stay the same every month, at least for a set period of time, right? If you sign a five-year lease, that means for five years, every month, you're going to pay the same amount of rent. Similarly with utilities, it's going to fluctuate. Obviously summer might cost a little bit more, winter might cost a little bit less, but in general you have a ballpark. And similarly, like, you know, uh, your website expense or your cell phone bills, those are going to be fairly the same every single month. So in general, you should just document as much as you can. And then once you start writing down all the stuff you need for every single job, especially in the sense that you are trying to switch your business model and you're looking at your different expenses, the thing is, since you're renting right now, you can actually see it from your invoice from the rental companies on how much stuff you actually rented and how much they cost to rent. So in a way, it's actually going to help you to figure out what are reasonable price to charge when you have your own inventory and then to rent that to your clients. From there, you can estimate how much stuff you're going to need to buy if you actually starting to want to invest in purchasing inventory. 
this it doesn't have to be done in one day or one week. That you do this very gradually. Say that you start by purchasing the medium-sized items. So say that you don't have enough capital to buy large pieces of items like a sofa,、uh, a full sofa set. Or full dining set, but you can start buying small stuff, you know, like coffee table set or like a console table, and start filling in and then start pulling away from a rental company. I'm not saying to in one fell swoop. If you feel comfortable, sure, it's probably easier to、um, do it in one go in terms of coordinating inventory. But if you don't have the budget, start small. Start with the smaller pieces of inventory. You can start replacing from renting. So while you having more income accumulated from swapping out and getting higher profit margin、um, from the pieces you're swapping out, you can start really accumulating and start building your own inventory while you still have the resources to rent the bigger pieces. And also logistic wise, eventually obviously it's much easier if you have everything. You you know that you're not renting just a few pieces from a rental company, but you have everything. Within your own company, so either you subcontract the movers, or you just have all the inventory on your own. What I'm trying to say is, logistically, it will be simpler because you're not moving twice. Basically, you're not coordinating all the stuff getting moved out from your warehouse to the job site. You're not coordinating with a rental company as well. But anyway, so、uh, you can just start very small and start replacing bits by bits. Eventually, do the, everything. And also the thing is that because you've been working for a while, which is one of your advantage, so you have historical data on what you actually need for each job. So you can actually look at the pattern of what you would need, and you're also going to start having a rough idea on how many jobs you're currently doing per month.、Um, this is one of the great things is that once you've been working for a while, you're going to start looking at patterns. You're going to start looking at historical data. You can actually look back, like last year in April. This is the historical number that we did. So we did maybe we staged ten jobs last year at this time. I know obviously with COVID right now, the pattern is going to be thrown off. But since you've been working for a few years now, you definitely have that pattern to rely on. So then you can gauge because, like when I was working and we're buying a wholesale, the tricky thing with buying a wholesale is that like you can't just order one couch. There usually is a minimum order you have to reach. So let's say every time you reorder, you have to hit a thousand dollars. So for us, it's probably like two to three couches, right? But the thing is, like, it doesn't really make sense for me, for me to buy two to three couches if I don't need it. I simply will not have enough room in the warehouse. It's not a bottomless black pit. So what I will have to do is I will have to gauge. Maybe thinking about usually this at this time of year we're gonna do twenty jobs this month and then we only have two sofas left in the warehouse so I need to think about in terms of when are the stuff coming back and how much I need to invest into new inventory as well but because you have historical data you can kind of guesstimate how much you might need two weeks down the line. Once you can guesstimate as well how much warehouse space you're going to need, then you can do the math on what you will be for your initial startup cost. But I would say, you know, to recap on all that, I ramble on a bit, sorry. But basically, is you want to document all the numbers you have now, and then you can guesstimate in terms of how much cost you need. Basically, if you're renting right now and you're switching into buying your own inventory, eventually having your own inventory. You really need to gauge the cost. So the main cost would be obviously buying the inventory, moving the inventory, 
and also storing the inventory. The maintenance, you know, restocking is not as bad. You know, it just compared to the other three bigger pieces, those are kind of your major expenses. So those are kind of things that you need to think about. Before you fully switch, you also have to think about the labor you would need to move all this inventory. So obviously you're going to have movers. And also, does that mean you need to add on a new assistant or like either freelance or in-house? Those are things you have to think about. Ultimately, with buying inventory, I really recommend you starting with baby steps, especially you haven't really been buying large pieces of inventory before. And don't go out and buy everything before you've got a job book. I've done a few podcast episodes on buying inventory, both on my own, just you know, answering people's questions, and also with guests as well. Like we interviewed Pam Christensen. She is amazing. That was a really good episode on inventory. She also has her own inventory management software, which she talked about on the show. And Pam is a really big, like she's a really sharp person and she's really good with numbers. And so I think that episode would be very beneficial for you. So yeah, check out our podcast archive. You can always access them. Go to stationmore.com slash podcast. And so I recommend you to check those out. In terms of number of houses per month to make it work, people always have this question when it comes to pricing, like what is the magic number? There's really no magic number, I'm sorry to say. If I have that magic number to tell you, I would be effing rich, to be honest. So, but the thing is you can figure out what the magic number is within your own business. It's really hard to have a fast generalized formula to give it to everyone. I recommend you to have a chat with your CPA because um, your CPA ultimately they can calculate everything. With taxes, you also have to talk about depreciation. So that's one of the things with acquiring inventory is that depending on which method you are doing for your accounting, either it's cash or accrual, the depreciation is different. So that's why I really recommend you to be good friends with your bookkeeper and CPA and constantly having dialogue to figure out what is your number. So when we work with our bookkeeper, for example, she comes into the business quarterly. I give her my box of receipts and she looks at our receivable and expenses. And then she tells me, okay, so for next quarter, we need to hit this number to get this percentage of profit margin. That's something that we work on consistently and have that conversation. So you need to have that conversation with your numbers people because only they can really truly tell you if you're ready financially and if you're ready to take on inventory. And this is a conversation I recommend as well. If you ever think about hiring employee, uh, it's definitely important to have that conversation with your CPA, with your bookkeeper to make sure that you have enough capital to cover these major expenses. The last part of your question is about, do, do you really need massive capital to start with vacant home staging? I have to be honest with you. I started my home staging business when I was 25. So I really had no money. I worked out of my parents' garage. My, my parents' garage was my warehouse. Okay. It was really not glamorous. And I drove my parents crazy for a few years before we move on to a warehouse space. So you definitely don't need a massive capital to start doing this business model. A lot of vacant home stagers actually started with their garage as well, or they have a backyard shed where they store inventory in. I really think it's important to baby step it and also to test your own comfort zone. Don't go out and buy a full house of inventory right now if you feel like you're not financially ready or physically not ready for it. 
you definitely need to play with the numbers and look at the numbers. And this is why I recommend you to go back to your projects that you've done and to start writing down all the numbers to calculate it for yourself. Is there ROI feasible? And also, are you booking enough projects per month to cover the potential um, cost of buying inventory? In the beginning, obviously, you're going to lose a little bit of money just because you are buying inventory upfront. But in the long term, it makes sense. Usually you get a higher return on investment. And this is why a lot of vacant home stagers, like the bigger vacant home stagers, they have their own inventory versus they rent all the time. But it also depends on what kind of business model you want. Some people actually are super comfortable doing rental from rental companies. But obviously you are thinking about switching to buying your own inventory. It means that you're unhappy with some aspect of renting. I started with a very small amount of capital when I started my home staging business. I, and I did mostly vacant when I started as well. But I do think that having gone through all that for 12 years, I really recommend you to invest your money smartly on the right pieces for the inventory and also be careful of your resources because it's really tempting once you start buying, it's really tempting to buy everything, especially when there's a sale going on. But this is when you have to like pull yourself back and then think about, okay, what is the big picture here? Is this particular piece of inventory? Sure, I'm saving, it's 70% off, it's like I'm saving money. But the thing is like, does that really make sense in terms of your overall staging look? Because I've definitely bought very trendy pieces um, that look great in the showroom and we save a great deal on them because they're on sale. But when we actually try to use them on our staging jobs, we realize they actually don't fit. So those are some of the things that you really need to think about when you start buying inventory as well. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't connected with us on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us by searching for the Home Staging Show group on Facebook or go to instagram.com slash sageformore. And don't forget about our upcoming photo training as well. Just go to sageformore.com slash photo to register. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and rating on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. It will only take you 31 seconds to do so, but this will help us keep the show going because more people can find it. And as usual, feel free to ask any questions on the show notes or in our private Facebook group. You can find the show notes by going to www.stagemore.com podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Happy staging.